Hello and welcome back to the first ever episode with my co-host Mike Pantalone on the Battleborn Reds podcast. We are back finally bringing you guys an episode together with my co-host. Tark is still not with us, but he should be with us shortly as he's just coming back from his vacation week. So, you know, he's enjoying life. But Mike, welcome to the show. The Reds are having an awesome offseason so far. Let's get started. How are you feeling? Welcome to the show, and do you think this season is going to be special? Thanks, Josh. Uh, I'm doing great. Finally, it's great to finally be on the podcast. And what you said, I think it's going to be a great season for TFC of all the great signings. Yeah, you know, TFC certainly made an impact uh, during the offseason. I, I think, you know, everybody knows about Lorenzo Insigne joining the Reds. Uh, you know, that was a super ad. But let's go straight to the draft. The first pick the Reds make this year is goalkeeper Luca Gavran from the St. John's University Soccer Club. Uh, he was picked 31 overall in round two. Um, he led the nation in shutouts with 12 this year. Uh, he had a save percentage of 8.84, uh, which is actually really good in terms of soccer analytics. So, uh, you know, shout out to him. Uh, he also finished third in goals against average nationwide with 0.57. That is fantastic numbers. TFC certainly got a hometown kid here who can step right into TFC2 and develop with the club. Uh, goalkeeper is a position of need across MLS wide. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how he develops with, uh, you know, the young Reds and maybe MLS Next Pro, depending on all that stuff. But let's get to the next pick. Rashawn Walks from the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. Pick 59 in round three. Uh, you know, the Reds added a forward here who is probably going to take a longer time to develop. He's still raw in his game, but he's very skillful with the ball. He's got an attacking mindset, and, you know, it's always welcome to any team across MLS. So I'm looking forward to that. Mike, is there anything you want to touch upon the draft picks here? I think TFC did pretty well given, uh, you know, that they traded their first round pick this year uh, in the Dom Dwyer trade. So uh, I think it's a win draft. Uh, what about you? Well, I think with the goalkeeper pick, I think it was great because last couple of years they've had him back and forth for Bono and Westberg competing for goalkeeping. They weren't very great. I think it's great to have a new goalkeeper on the team. Yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, that's true. You know, goalkeeping is certainly a position of need. Uh, Bono hasn't had uh, the career we thought he was going to have after he won the championship with his high salary. It certainly is a problem. And a question for concern going into this year, who is going to be the starter? Uh, this is a topic we always talk about off reporting. Uh, we both have different answers. So you go first, and uh, let's have a little bit of a controversial talk here as uh, we record the first episode together. Let's give the fans listening, or all listeners, uh, something to listen here. So you start first, and uh, I'll say my opinion on it. Well, I think to start the season, I think Alex Bono should be the starting goalkeeper. Aside from Westbury, I think he's just the taller goalkeeper. Like, the goalkeeper should be, like, one of the tallest guys on the team. And Westbury is just way too small. There's a lot of saves I've seen where Bono can make easily, and he struggles to save because of the height difference. He's also older. He does have more experience being older, but, you know, less mobile diving. 
and all that. Alex Bottom's younger and all that. No. So you went full homer mentality in saying that because he's too small that that's why you're not gonna pick him. Uh, I I I like I see where you're the what the kind of what you're saying at in bulk, but Quinn and Westberg, you know, this is probably his last year of professional soccer. I think he's a little bit better in terms of moving the ball, and we've seen in uh, Bob Bradley's uh, tenor with MLS, he likes that high tempo kind of offense with the team. He likes possession of the ball, and he likes, you know, the mobility from the back. So in terms of Bono versus Westberg, um, it's certainly a, like a topic for debate. I think you can go with either one. I think the contract that Bono's earning right now probably makes him, you know, the number one. But I think with Westberg's experience and, uh, you know, his recent stretch of form, I think he might have the advantage. And like I said, it being his last year, I can't see him, you know, sitting on the bench full time. But – I think that there could be an option from within the organization. You know, they just signed Greg Rangensine. Uh I totally butched that last name, but, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody does. But sorry to Greg. Um, you know, he came in here. He was uh, the MLS backup. You know, he has certain uh, skill level that are better than both. But I think in terms of Westberg versus Bono, I think it's probably going to be Bono just given that contract, but I wouldn't mind seeing Westberg get the first start. But with that, let's move on to TFC re-signing forward Jordan Perusa. Um, you know, he's kind of an MLS-grown name from the Toronto Academy. Uh, he certainly made an impact at the end of last year. Uh, in today's preseason game against the LA Galaxy, he actually scored a goal. So uh, with TFC's lack of numbers within the squad right now, I think Perusa can step in here and be a full-time MLS uh, player, whether that be coming off the bench or in a starting role given injuries. But I think Perusa is, you know, a younger player that I think Toronto FC could get something really valuable out of. Um, you know, he's a local guy, like I said. Uh, so I'm going to be excited to watch him play. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Well, I think it's great to have an extra forward on the team. Obviously, last season they struggled with scoring. So it's great to have that uh, lots of options for goal scoring this season. Seeing, seeing how they struggled so much last year, it's great to have comp some competition up front. Yeah, you know, and I think that led to Io Akinola's extension. And uh, this is a huge topic uh, within the Toronto FC squad is Io Akinola, you know, he did have that gruesome injury last year where he tore his ACL, knocked him out for a large part of the year. Um, you know, I'm a huge Akinola fan. We've seen what he's done in certain uh, stints. He's been a monster on the field. Uh, I remember the MLS back tournament, uh, MLS is back. He was a monster. He was like huge for the team in that tournament. It didn't go our way uh, once we got to the round of 16, but you know, in the group stage, he was just a complete animal and he was fantastic. And I really think with the upgrades Toronto FC have uh, done this season, um, you know, I think he can be that key piece at the top. Uh, if Toronto FC doesn't sign a big name striker, a guy like, you know, Bellotti or, uh, all the other names that were mentioned. I think Akinola can step right in here and be, you know, more than just a ca an average caliber MLS striker. I think he can be very good. Uh, he's young. He's flashy. He's really strong. Um, he brings a presence that it's it's needed on the field. We don't see it a lot from the Toronto FC attackers. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to have a big year. I think his contract fits Toronto FC well. Obviously, he has mentioned that he has plans to, you know, move on from Major League Soccer and potentially go to Europe. Uh, you know, he's with the Canadian men's national team now. Uh, I think he's certainly made a piece to this future, and I'm excited to see him this year. What do you think? You know, I think it's a great re-signing, obviously. He had great uh, first season last year. Great, he's great talent, great potential. But 
I think you said he wanted to leave the MLS to go to Europe. I think he's not quite there yet. I think he needs probably a couple more good seasons, quality seasons in the MLS for him to be able to go to Europe. But I think re-signing him, I think he's great up front with Insigne. Hopefully he can get some goals and win it back in the net. Well, with that, uh, Toronto C then added forward DeAndre Kerr from the University of Syracuse. Uh, Kerr is a guy that in today's game, he looked very well, uh, very good. Um, you know, we got two goals. One uh, was a beauty off the top bar. Uh, you know, usually products from Syracuse usually have an impact within MLS. You know, it's a very good school for development, especially within this league. Uh, Kerr's a guy that a lot of people uh, limited his, you know, potential and impact on making the roster. And, you know, in preseason, no matter what sport, there's always holes that could potentially be filled with, you know, people just getting their chance. And I think Kerr really took advantage of that in today's game. Obviously, we didn't get, you know, the chance to watch it. I don't think anybody really did unless you were there because it wasn't streamed. But, uh, you know, Kerr, from what I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of people talked highly about him in today's game. Uh, Toronto FC did lose 5-4 to four to LA Galaxy. But, uh, you know, the youth within the squad here, I think it's a huge improvement from what we've seen in years past. And uh, credit to Bill Manning, you know, as the president stepping in for, um, you know, let's not mention his name because he did a terrible job with this team and probably ran into the ground. But, uh, you know, Bill Manning has really stepped up here and turned this team around for the good. And uh, anything you want to say on Kerr? No, I think uh, you covered everything good. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm not saying he's going to step in right here and be, you know, that big factor at the top of the lineup uh, offensively. But uh, I think, you know, you always got to take your chances. And like I said, products from Syracuse usually tend to be good. So, you know, he had a heck of a start, uh, two goals within 10 minutes. So I'm looking forward to what he brings on February 2nd. Uh, but with that, like I said, TFC also brought in Greg Ranjitsing. Uh He's maybe just goalie depth at the back. He's a hometown kid. I like the move. You know, he was so happy to join Toronto FC. So I uh, just wanted to give him a shout. Um, you know, if I messed up his last name, that's all my fault. I'm sorry to that. But, uh, you know, he's an MLS veteran. So welcome to the squad. And it never hurts to have goalie depth. And if he goes down with TFC2 or MLS is uh, back pro or next pro, sorry, uh, then, you know, they got themselves a very good goalie for the future or for the now. So uh, with that, Let's go to the last Toronto FC ad that we're going to be talking about on this episode, and that is Toronto FC signing Pacific FC center back Lucas McNaughton. Um, you know, this is a huge ad for Canadian soccer. Uh, unfortunately, this wasn't like you know talked about widely on national coverage, but Toronto FC brought in um, you know Pacific just won the CPL. Canadian development in soccer has been stale. Um, it's been shallow to say the least. And, you know, we're both Canadian soccer players. We've been through the system to see a guy sign from the CPL who's going to have an impact on this MLS squad right now. He's not going down to TFC two. He's going to have an impact. Uh, he's a very good player. Uh, you know, he just won the championship. Like I said, he, he's a really good player. And I keep saying that because I don't think people look at this uh, acquisition enough. You know, he, what he did in the CPL, I remember watching last year, he was so poised at the back and he was so strong in his presence and I think he's going to fit great at the back with uh, O'Neal and uh, Mavinga he's you know probably not going to be the full starter but I think uh, you know he he is signed through 2023 he has the 2024 and 2025 uh, options available I think he's going to be a huge piece at the back we've seen his growth at Pacific FC um, tell me I know you weren't a big CPL guy but this must be huge in Canadian soccer development seeing a guy from the CPL, now talked about as being a potential huge part to this MLS franchise next year. 
Yeah, it's obviously big seeing a homegrown Canadian player making it to the MLS and from a league that's strictly Canadian that shows how great the town, the development is from the CPL. I think it's great. The improvement, hopefully he's in a good improvement from the center backs last season. Yeah, the defensive line last year was certainly not good. Uh, the back line was shaky at different times. Uh, you know, that was part of Toronto FC's disastrous campaign last year. It certainly wasn't pretty. But, uh, you know, Mac Nodden, you did mention Canadian. Unfortunately, he was born in New York. But, um, you know, I see what you mean because he did attend the University of Toronto. So uh, he has – he did say that, he, you know, he credited his uh, pathway to – professional soccer was due to the Canadian development, which I think is an absolute win. Uh, this is really breaking barriers in soccer within Canada, and I think that's crucial because we do have talent here. We're seeing with the men's national team, and that is the topic that we're going to be talking about in today's episode since they have a very big game tomorrow afternoon against, uh, you know, the Americans. Th this is a, a, a Canadian team that has been special. You know, they are so fun to watch. I don't remember the last time anybody has talked about the Canadian men's national soccer team like they have been right now you know for years it was just uh this team is just there basically you know they never really had a chance to compete uh at the highest of international levels but this year they have been a beast in the qualification they are undefeated they are still top of the octagonal uh you know eight they just went into honduras they got the win two nil uh fantastic goal by david and uh you know tfc legend sarcastic Liam Frazier uh, with a beautiful pass you know I know you played uh, in the midfield in your playing days what was your thoughts on that pass because I know you want to talk about that so badly well I think that was a great that was a pinpoint pass that was probably as great as the goal he scored pinpoint right to his chest right through the gap of those defenders incredible pass yeah so you know this was a Canadian team that didn't have you know Alfonso Davies and many other starters that are usually with the men's national team, but they still got the result. I know a lot of people were talking about the last game. They remember eight to one, uh, you know, Atiba Hutchinson credit to him for getting his revenge. Um, you know, he certainly is a presence at the, you know, the back. Uh, he's so strong in the midfield and that's a guy that, you know, Toronto FC has been linked to potentially adding. So maybe that's a topic for somewhere down the line, maybe perhaps on the next episode, as we are still here in the preseason, forcing no real game action still for a little while. But, uh, you know, Canada has a very big test tomorrow against the Americans. It's going to be at Hamilton Field. Uh, Mike, what's your prediction for that one? Well, obviously they're missing Alfonso Davies. I think it would be a very close game. Obviously, USA is probably, like, the second-best team in CONCACAF. I can see it probably being a 2-2 tie, something like that. Very close game. Two best teams in, uh, in North America. Well, you know... In the last game, uh, Hutchinson did play the full 90, so I don't think we're going to be seeing him because that's usually how it's gone with his, um, I guess, load management. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see probably Osorio start. Uh, they are getting some players back, uh, so that's good. But I think with the momentum this Canadian team has right now, I'm going bold here. I'm going to say they're going to win 2-1. Uh, to one. I think they do it. Um, you know, yeah, they are missing Davies, but I just think, you know, the momentum within the squad right now, and I think uh, – you know, they're just, they're just riding high off morale, and I really think that that's important. I know from, you know, our playing days, when you're on a good stretch of, uh, you know, games, you usually have that provided momentum that, you know, maybe raises your game to another level that you, you can't just find any other way. So, 
you know, I think Canada's riding that momentum wave. I think they're going to come in. They're at home. Uh, the fans are going to be loud. I know it's only about 12,000, but I'm sure that place is going to sound like 30,000. I think it's going to be rocking. Um, I think if TFC gets the first goal, uh, TFC, if Canada gets the first goal, I think, you know, that gets the crowd elevated. Uh, we've seen USA teams in the past, uh, they aren't really what they live up to being. You know, the hype is always surrounded around them. I'm not saying they're not good. They're fantastic. They might be the best team in the CONCACAF. Like you said, they're definitely top two. So they have the talent. Uh, you know, I'm not taking them for granted. I'm not taking them lightly. They're a seriously good uh, football club. But I just think, you know, Canada riding that momentum wave. I think if they get the first goal with at home, and uh, how close this team is to qualifying for the World Cup, which is not said enough. Um, I, have a, I have a feeling that they're going to do it. What do you think? Well, I think for sure they're going to do it. There's no undefeated, qualifying almost over. You know, they, for sure they're going to make it. First time in since uh, the 80s, I believe. Was 86. Last, 86, yes. But in, I, in 86, they did not score a single goal. I think when they make the World Cup, I think they – Minimum, I think they can make the knockout stages if they do make the World Cup. Wow, make it out of the group. You know, I'm just happy if they get in the World Cup. Yeah. I haven't been alive to see Canada in the World Cup, and I think that would be special. Um, you know, seeing Alfonso Davies change the face of Canadian soccer, and now we're seeing, you know, the likes of David and Marshall Ratty Jr. with Toronto FC. You know, the barriers are starting to be broken, and I can't, you know, say that enough. I'm so happy uh, being part of the Canadian development to see these now. Um, you know, I think this is huge for the future. I think it's huge for the country. And I definitely think this will not be the last time. If they do qualify for the World Cup, I do not think this will be the last time. I think they'll do it more repeatedly from here on out. I know we are hosting that tournament in 2026, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, it's just funny timing about how TFC, how tr uh, Canada in general, s the CPL, how all Canadian soccer is growing as a whole. And I think that Lorenzo Insigne edition just adds to the fire. So this is a TFC team that is certainly making an impact within the community. And, uh, you know, that leads us to our next topic of the Delgado trade. Um, you know, Delgado was a guy that was loved here in the Toronto community. Uh, he is so underrated. He is so underrated. Uh, everybody I see on social media just brings that miss up uh, from Guatemala. And, uh, you know, yes, that is, you know, tough to talk about. But what he brought to this TFC team and, you know, what he did on the pitch. And uh, he's so good at going both ways the amount of field he covers in his game i know he's not you know the counting stat guy you don't see him on the stat sheet every game but just what he did in terms of the actual game for toronto fc throughout all the years throughout the championship season he played such a key role here you know they got him in the draft in the chivas draft um that was a, that was an amazing ad i think it's one of the most underrated ads in toronto fc history uh like i said he was huge uh in that i guess finals and championship finals uh, all back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back, uh, years there um, against, you know, the Seattle Sounders and their rivalry. I, I'm making a bold prediction. I think that's certainly not over. Um, you know, just take that as a hint to what I'm saying after uh, the Insigne edition. But, uh, Mike, what do you think about uh, the Delgado trade? Well, obviously you said about that big cup final miss. That's still fresh in my mind. That's what you – first thing that comes to mind when you think about Delgado. But overall, like his tenure at TFC – he was a great two-way midfielder. He was a great, solid every game. Off the off the ball, he was a great impact. You know, like you said, like he didn't rack up the stats, the goals, the assists. But it's what he did off the ball, defensively and attacking, just making an impact off the ball altogether. Yeah, you know, it's certainly going to be sad to see uh, Delgado leave. 
Uh, I did think, you know, he wanted to rejoin Vanny's side. Uh, that was his coach when he was here for the majority of it. So, you know, I'm happy for them to reunite. Uh, you know, losing Delgado is uh, going to leave more room for guys like Ralph Preso and uh, the rest to uh, take in, uh, you know, this opportunity for granted. So I'm excited for what the future brings. Um, you know, with that, let's get to our questions. So the first one coming in from Josh Morganti on Instagram. Uh, good or bad decision from Lorenzo Insigne for moving uh, from Napoli to Toronto FC? So, Mike, I'll let you handle this one first. Well, I think it was a great idea for him. Because first off, he the type of contract he's getting out, the type of money he's making, he was not going to make anywhere else in Europe. I think Napoli offered him, like, around $2 million. There's English teams that didn't offer him very much. This is, like, the biggest contract he was going to get anywhere else. His career, he, like, he's kind of in his prime, you could say, but he's starting to slowly decline. You could say it's a bit early for him to go to TFC, but, you know, I think it's a good time. He chose the money. I th people say it's a threat that he might get off the Italy team, but I think he'll still be there for the World Cup. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think it was a good move in his uh, career. Uh, certainly, given his age and the money he was, you know, now owed with Toronto, um, I think that's a win for him, given, you know, what he's done over in Europe. Uh, a lot of people are harsh with the age uh, in Europe. You know, once they get into the early part of their 30s, they kind of, I guess, ship them out. But, you know, I think he's a fantastic footballer. I know when they signed him, I was ecstatic. Uh, I think he's going to bring something different to this Toronto FC club. I think he changes the dynamic and the outlook of the team. I think he changes the look of the league as a whole. I think people view this team now as, you know, an MLS contender just given off this signing. Now, I know there's a lot more, uh, you know, in terms of an actual club and, you know, winning an MLS championship that you have to look into. And, yes, TFC is still ways away from being, you know, a bona fide contender. But, you know, there's no doubt that Insigne now with Pozuelo is going to be arguably one of the best duos league-wide. Like, those two together, if I'm, you know, an opponent, I'm nervous as, you know, whatever word you want to put in there. I'll let you do that yourself. Um, you know, those are both fantastic players. And, you know, Jovinko's training with the squad, right? So there's something here within this Toronto FC squad. It's special. Um, you know, I'm certainly a believer. I think that, like I said, President Bill Manning has done a fantastic job of relieving uh, the guy that I still will not say his name because he, you know, basically destroyed this club uh, as he left the door. <clears throat> not sorry, Lee Curtis. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this was a great move for both sides. I think, uh, you know, maybe he did leave a little early as he is still in his prime and can definitely compete over in Europe and, uh, you know, at the World Cup this year. But, you know, you know, like the contract he's given, like you can't reject that if you're Insigne. So at his age, that was probably the best he was going to get long term. I think he's going to love it. I think he's going to be super happy with his family that he, when he moves over here. Uh, you know, Jovinko talked about the lifestyle and the drop-off from here in Europe. So, you know, I think he's going to enjoy it. We hear good words from Pozuelo and Jovinko uh, talking about the lifestyle here. So I'm happy for him on that standpoint. So let's move on to the next question from Tarek.Solomon7, who is one of the friends of the show who usually comes on here. Uh, Tarek says, how do you think TFC will be this year, especially with the new signing? So, Mike, let's send it back to you. Well, I guess it's kind of similar to something with Insigne. I think they're definitely cup contenders this year, alone with just sending Insigne. Like, even him coming to the MLS, I think he's already the best player, the most talented player to ever come to the MLS, because he's also still sort of young. You usually get legends like David Beckham, Andrea Pirlo, they come here, and they come here to just play for retirement. They're all there at the end of their career. He's still got lots of great talent left in his career, good, like, 
three, four, five years left of like solid play. Yeah, you know, uh, this kind of is, uh, I guess, a piece of the last question we just answered. Um, in terms of saying if TFC is a bona fide contender right now, I still don't know if I'm comfortable saying that. Like I said, a lot goes into building an MLS championship squad. Uh, you know, they have made improvements at the back. Like I talked about McNaughton and uh, Luke Singh is heading over to Pacific FC in that move. Uh, good for him and his development as well. I wish him the best. I uh, hope we see him back with Toronto soon. But, uh, you know, they also brought in uh, O'Neal, who, you know, he's a veteran presence in the MLS. So I think he's an also an upgrade. But we haven't talked about Carlos Salcedo. And this is a topic that I know you got to be very careful with what you talk about on it. And before we completely answer Tark's question as a whole, I want to also add on the next question, which will be the last, uh, by Tavares on Instagram. Uh, he says, will TFC be an MLS Cup contender next season? So obviously we're getting a lot of questions within the same topic, and this is why we kind of just want to group them as a whole. So, uh, Mike, I'm going to give it back to you before I completely ride this one out, but uh, what do you think with Salcedo at the back now? Do you think this provides TFC with an advantage? Well, I think it definitely does. Huge improvement defensively uh, from last season. Like signing Insigne and Salcedo, you're improving top to bottom on the team. Complete improvement from last year. You're getting a guy who played in Mexico, great experience. He played in Europe too, played for Fiorentina, Serie A, teams like Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Like he's got experience playing there too. And he's, he's also, he's younger than Insigne. He's only 28. So you're getting prime years from him as well. Yeah, you know, so I'm just going to finish this uh, answer out here. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just not sure. That's my best answer. How is Bob Bradley going to fit Jovinko and Insigne and Pozuelo and all the other pieces we have within the squad with, you know, the other, you know, big uh, DP ads, I guess, like Salcedo. He is going to be on a DP deal. So that is going to leave a problem with Toronto FC. Obviously, Josie Altador and his money uh, discussions are still a problem. Um, Jefferson Soteldo is going back the other way in the Salcedo swap. So that's a win from what I've heard. People that know Salcedo, uh, Soteldo personally say that he was their least favorite transfer. Apparently, he was not the guy off the field. So I guess that's always a good thing. Uh, you want to have positive vibes within the squad. So Salcedo, I think he brings a different kind of atmosphere to this team. I think he's just so dynamic when it comes to defending, he's such a rock at the back. I think you can clearly cut him as the number one guy on this Toronto FC roster in terms of defensive players. Uh, you know, Chris Mavinga is one of the best defenders in MLS. Uh, you can't change my mind on that. Like, yes, he has his ups and downs, but, you know, as a center back, I would love to have Mavinga any, on any team if I'm, you know, starting an MLS franchise. So I think you pair those two guys up in the middle. Uh, Aro Jr. on the right side, he's a fantastic footballer. Uh, yes, he is getting older in age, and you know he's not what he was at his uh, prime here in Toronto, but this Toronto FC back, uh, back line here is starting to look really nice, and this is something that it's been you know, looked at for years, that this has been the downfall of TFC. They haven't really had this back line since the championship season, but I think now they're getting the names, and I think the names they have here, yes, they did lose Richie Larea, which is a huge loss. You know, he was probably my favorite defender at the back. Uh, the way he can transition the ball both ways. Um, and I love how he has, he plays with so much emotion. And, you know, sometimes that costed him negatively. But uh, it's going to come down to how does Bradley want to play, right? You know, he's got his son here now. We saw Michael, you know, TFC legend for sure. Um, 
he played time at the back last year, you know, in the central uh, area. So if he's going to drop back or if he's still playing that holding mid kind of role, it's going to be up to Bradley. But I think there's going to be a lot of question marks to watch here in the preseason when we can see how they line up. Because I think it's still tough to predict a projection starting 11. And this is why I want to save this for probably our next episode or the one after this. Uh, what do we think the starting lineup's going to look like? Um, you know, we both have different uh, values and uh, different people in different positions. So that's definitely going to be fun to talk about. But, you know, it's gonna, it, this team on paper looks really good for an MLS squad. Without a doubt, they are making the playoffs. Like, without a doubt. I think this team's going to be a beast next year. I think it's going to come down to who is going to be the X factor for this team. Insigne's coming in the summer. We are going to have Pozuelo for the start. Uh, Salcedo was probably going to be here for the start as well. So we are getting our, I guess, two of the three DPs here. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to come down to how well can Toronto FC perform at the start of the year without Lorenzo. Because we see a lot of TFC teams in the past where they bank up these points in the beginning. And it gives them a cushion because then when they go home, um, you know, in the second half of the year, they have that cushion to work with at home, and that gives you an advantage. So it's going to come down to what happens early. Obviously, uh, the schedule isn't as laid out as it was in years prior. Um, it's kind of changed with the new schedules and playoff uh, settings, but I'm really looking forward to next year. Uh, I think a huge question mark is going to be the goaltending, though. So whatever comes down to Bono or Westberg or if there's an answer within the squad, uh, I think they're going to have to be that X factor. I think if they get quality keeping, uh, this TFC team is certainly going to be dangerous. And uh, with that, do you, just before we end the episode, um, do you think that there is an option up top that Toronto FC should look for outside? Obviously, with the Salcedo move, I don't think Bellotti is, you know, probably, I guess, you know, the easy throw in now. But is there an option at the top that you would like to see from, uh, you know, the outside? Uh, you know, I'm honestly not sure. There's not really any guys we're talking about right now. Not very big rumors going around for any of the striker besides Bolotti. Like, uh, if I want to touch on Bolotti quickly, uh, he is a great striker. Like, he's kind of mediocre in terms of Europe. He's a guy that I've seen. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Like, he, I see him offside a lot some games. But if he comes to MLS, he's going to be one of the top strikers. Completely different uh, atmosphere. I think he'd be great. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree. I think Akinola can be that guy at the top that leads us to a championship season. I know a lot of people overlook him. I think a lot of people do because, you know, he is kind of that North American talent. And, you know, that's not fair, right? A lot of people look at players coming over from Europe and then they start to value them a little more because that, you know, stereotype about, you know, European soccer and all this. I think Akinola is the answer at the top. I hope that he answers a lot of people's questions this year because I think he's a really good footballer. And I think he's going to be certainly dangerous with Insigne and touching on that I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 15 to 20 goals this year you know I, I know that's a hot take but I think with the service he's going to get now um you know Liam Frazier leaving the squad you know that's certainly an impact but he wasn't here last year as well you know we loaned him out so I think the service he's going to get in the midfield I think this team's deeper now I think you know with the rumors of Crescito uh supposedly coming into Toronto FC we're going to look at a back line of Crescito on the left uh, Salcedo, uh, you know, left central. Then we're going to have Mavinga right beside Salcedo on the right central defender spot. And then you have potentially Aro on the right. This back line is deep. And it is probably a TFC back line that we have not seen in history. You know, many times, even during the championship season, the back line I don't think is going to be as deep as this. We have McNaughton who can come off the bench now. O'Neal as, uh, you know, an MLS veteran. This team is seriously good right now. 
I think this roster is extremely appealing, and I think teams are certainly taking note right now. And they and Bill Manning said lots of moves are coming this week, so stay tuned. He said that there's gonna be lots of ins and outs. I said I expect Josie Altador is gonna be in the outs there. There's just no way I think Toronto C brings him back. You know, we haven't really talked about Jovinko on this episode yet. Uh, you know, I think that's unfair to the former MVP. So uh, tell me before we end this off, this will be the last little segment here. Uh, do you think Jovinko is good for the squad, and uh, do you want him back? I think he definitely is good for the squad. You know, he's he's a legend of the club. As well as we saw him practicing with the team, like you see, he played preseason game. Like he is old, but he's still a great talent. And imagine him up front three and Sidney Jovinko, and you got Andre. Uh, you got Pozuelo too. That's a great midfield. You got Insigne on the wing too. That's just probably the greatest like forwards midfielder that you got in the entire league there. So you got so excited just thinking about that that you butchered Pozuelo's yeah. first name. <laughs> yep. uh, so that should tell you something uh, about this Toronto FC team as we look towards the future. I think Giovinco potentially on a one-year deal, uh, something cheap that the club can afford within the amount of money available. I think he would just bring something different to the squad, even if he is not the guy that we once had here in Toronto. And I know things are a little, you know, rough with how he left. And, you know, some of the fan base either wants him back or the other half of the fan base hates him for how he left. Uh, but, you know, I think that one-year kind of cheap deal, finish your career on a high note. I think even if he comes off the bench to mentor Akinola into, uh, you know, a more dominant weapon, I think this team has a lot of depth, like I said, and I can't wait to look forward to the future, and I cannot wait for match day number one. Hopefully we get our visuals up on that and we can you know, do a live stream for the game. So for all you guys listening, if you would like that, feel free to reach out to the socials. If you want to do, um, you know, if you want to be on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to the socials as well. And uh, you know, we're always open for mailbag questions, so feel free to send those in whenever you want. Uh, thank you for listening. Mike, any last words before we end the first ever episode together of the Battleborn Reds podcast? No, I think you covered everything great. It was a great uh, first episode on the podcast. All right. All eyes are turning to tomorrow afternoon's match against the Americans. It will be massive. If you're a fan of Canadian soccer, I suggest you do tune in. That is going to be epic. Uh, Imagine the scenes if Canada pulls off the victory. So this is a team that's riding the momentum wave right now. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the clock can't go sooner enough <laughs> so thank you all for listening uh we hope you enjoyed the first ever episode uh together of the battleborn reds podcast we're certainly gonna have more content uh, for you guys coming up more frequently as we ramp up into the regular season uh let's hope this preseason's a breeze because i cannot stand preseason without watching the games um i can't believe we're in 2022 and we can't watch the games so you know they said they might have a few streams when they move over uh you know uh, out of the miami uh games but you know, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see what this team could uh, bring this season. And uh, go Reds, go. So thank you all for listening. Uh, you know, feel free to reach out to the socials. Like I said, uh, you know, we're always open to questions. That's all for me. Thank you for all listening. That's it. Go Reds, go. And go Canada.